you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey there, everybody. It is Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we really wish we could be playing out all of our mock drafts. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio, and we've got the specialist. It is a cast of dozens helping us put together this streaming show. We are glad that you would be here with us. And, uh, you know, Florio, I, I know this is, you know, neither here nor there, not fantasy football, but, um, you know, you and I discussed making this a better call Saul farewell podcast today um so like i know we won't get deep into it but uh your quick thoughts on the ending were you happy with it yeah i I was very happy with the ending breaking bad is my favorite show of all time so i thought better call saul had a lot of work to do to live up to it and they far exceeded my expectations most shows can't stick a landing this series did it twice yeah, absolutely. And I said it led me to one of, I think, one of the better fantasy team names I think I've seen this offseason. That is Better Call Hall. So if you are a fan of uh, Jets rookie running backs and want to give a proper send off to uh, Slippin' Jimmy McGill, there you go. There's a free team name for you. Uh, by the way, Signups are open at NFL.com. You can get your fantasy league started for free or resurrected in case uh, you were there last season. Just go to NFL.com slash fantasy or download the NFL fantasy app. It costs you free 99 
which is the best prize ever uh, to play fantasy football with the NFL. We got plenty to talk about in today's show. We'll continue our division previews, looking at the AFC West, which should be an absolute battle all season long. It's the second week of the preseason. We're going to let you know what we are keeping an eye on. But first, we're going to start with a few news headlines, starting here in our fair city of Los Angeles. Sean McVay uh, told reporters recently that both Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson were going to sit out some time at practice because of what he was calling soft tissue injuries. Uh, you know, Florio, I, I know there's been that concern about Cam Akers especially uh, and whether or not he was going to be healthy to get through the entire season. I know that's sort of the reason his ADP has been a little bit depressed. Now, the upside is that no one is considering this to be a very serious injury. He's not expected to miss a lot of time, but I think this sort of brings up some of those fears. How worried should we be about this news? About this particular news, I don't think we should be super worried, but when you pair it with the fact, like you said, we already have questions over, is he going to be able to stay healthy for the course of a full year? Is he going to look like the Cam Akers pre-Achilles injury? Because he did not in the playoffs last year. So this, while this news in, in itself isn't super worrisome, I think when you pair it with everything, there's, a, there's definitely reasons to start to get worried about Cam Akers. I think for me, the issue when it comes to Akers ADP, especially compared to Daryl Henderson, they are so far apart in ADP. And when you look at the Rams backfield and you look at what Sean McVay has said about it, I know people want Akers to sort of be that workhorse. And I, I've seen the, the stats, the data out there suggesting that, you know, when Sean McVay has one healthy guy, he tends to ride that player. But at least everything that he's saying verbally suggests that Daryl Henderson's going to very much be in the mix. Uh, our pal Laquan Jones pointed out that in the first preseason depth chart, it actually had it starting running back Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson. Now you got both these guys dealing with injury, and I just sort of wonder whether or not we're going to see these two guys kind of share the workload there. So I, I'll just ask you real quick. I mean, knowing where Henderson's ADP is, which it is you know, six or seven rounds later than Cam Akers right now, would you feel comfortable maybe taking that swing if you're looking for a, a running back depth ad? Yeah, I... I... I might or I might have drafted more Daryl Henderson so far than I have Cam Akers because, like you said, for Akers you're paying that premium price. With Henderson, I, I think the floor is lower, but the upside is pretty similar. If he is the running back, like say something happens to Cam Akers, I think I feel very confident that Daryl Henderson could be a very useful fantasy running back. And like you said, the discount is huge, so yeah, I'm fine with taking uh, Henderson as like one of my bench running backs. A little bit more running back news now over to New England. And Bill Belichick has been singing the praises of Ramondre Stevenson, especially when it comes to the passing game, even more so when it comes to pass protection. And I know that's a thing that we don't necessarily focus on a lot, but it does come up in the conversations about how well a guy can protect the passer in that backfield. That was sort of a strike against Stevenson early in his career. Now, Florio, there's always been a battle brewing in terms of fantasy when it comes to Damian Harris versus Ramondre Stevenson. Now with this news in our back pocket that he's maybe more involved in the passing game, who do you got between Harris and Dre? So as of right now, I still have Damian Harris ranked higher of the two, but at draft values, I much prefer Ramondre Stevenson. Like, Damian Harris is going to get a lot of work on the ground. I, I feel comfortable with that. But Stevenson could as well get some carries. And then if he is going to get this Patriots pass game role, we know how valuable that is. I mean, James White, 
every year was fantasy relevant because of it. And last year, this role made Brandon Bolden, of all people, fantasy relevant for a few weeks. So if that is the case for Stevenson, he's so explosive. They just need to find ways to put the ball into his hands. I think he is the much better value right now because these two are just getting closer and closer in my drafts, in my rankings. It's it's funny how I've I've kind of come in circles with Ramondre Stevenson. He first got drafted. I was sort of on him because the talk was he was LeGarrette Blunt 2.0. Then, you know, sort of fell out of favor a little bit. Damian Harris shocking the world with the 15 rushing touchdowns. And that feels like a number that's really hard for him to duplicate. Uh, so I think I'm back on the, the Dre train. It's Dre day again for me uh, in this offense because of what I think he'll do as a runner. The fact that maybe now he's involved more in the passing game. You mentioned James White. He announced his retirement uh, not that long ago. I know I've seen some folks sort of trying to peg Ty Montgomery in that role, but I do feel like this is going to be a Harris and Stevenson backfield. If he's able to pass protect, if he's able to rush, especially near the end zone, and he catches the football, um, you're right. Because of where you're taking him off the board, I think right now he's a much better option uh, in terms of fantasy, especially if you're, you're going to peg somebody in that New England backfield. Uh, staying up there in the Northeast and moving a little bit south down to New York, uh, Saquon Barkley, and I know he's been sort of a frustrating asset for a lot of people just because the injuries have kind of been a thing for him over the last couple of seasons, but reports are that Barkley is going to have a huge workload in New York if he can stay healthy. Now, we've seen Barkley coming off the board in the mid to late part of the second round. I know it's starting to change that ADP starting to creep up a little bit. Should he be going higher than where he currently is, though? Yeah, I, I certainly think so. I, I love getting Saquon Barkley in the early parts of the second round. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a couple weeks from now, people are starting to pull this guy up into the first round. Uh, I know the last couple of years, Brian Dable's offenses have kind of abandoned the run, but that's because he had Josh Allen. Prior to that, his offenses were always top 10 in rush attempts and, and usually in yards as well. Plus, they're already talking about how many catches they're planning on getting for Saquon Barkley this season. I think Saquon Barkley is going to remind the world who he is this season. This is a guy who, when he's healthy and, and productive, really does have top five running back upside, and he's going so much further down the board than that. And, and look, I, I understand the concerns with the nagging injuries that have slowed him down the last couple of years, but if we are willing to put that aside and still draft Christian McCaffrey in the top three, I don't know why we wouldn't put it aside for a guy like Saquon Barkley, who's in an offense that is equally mid, uh, maybe even worse so uh, than what they're dealing with down in Carolina. So uh, very much drafting Saquon wherever I can, especially at the ADP, but I'm with you. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that by the time we get a little closer to week one, that ADP might creep into the, uh, the late part of the first round. Uh, that feels like a good way to pivot into the AFC West. I don't know if it really is, but uh, that's what the rundown says we're going to do. So we're going to pivot to the AFC West anyway. Uh, as always, going by the order of last year's finish, which means that no surprise, we're starting with the Kansas City Chiefs here on our preview. They were 12-5 in 2021, uh, lost in the AFC Championship game. Of course, they had that epic playoff game, called cover your ears, Florio, against the Buffalo Bills uh, that – Good news that leads to a rule change when it comes to overtime. Uh, but the passing leader, no surprise, Patrick Mahomes, uh, 4,839 yards, 37 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. He was the QB4. The rushing leader, 
was Daryl Williams, actually. 558 yards, six rushing touchdowns. He was the RB20 and the receiving leader. Not a surprise here either. Tyreek Hill, 111 catches, uh, 1,239 yards, nine receiving touchdowns. He was the wide receiver six. So Tyreek Hill, one of the headliners in the offseason because he switched teams going from Kansas City to Miami. They bring in Juju Smith-Schuster. They bring in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They draft a Sky Moore. I feel like at this point, Florio, we have sort of settled on Juju being the wide receiver, the wide receiver one, I guess, kind of the number two pass catcher behind Travis Kelsey. I've seen his ADP rising, so I feel pretty good about where he is. So that leads me to the question, if, if Juju's off the board and you're looking at a Chiefs wide receiver the later parts of your draft, who would you rather have? Is it MVS in round 12 or is it Sky Moore in round 11? Give me Sky Moore. And maybe this is just a shiny new toy, but because MVS was the starter in the first preseason game, but MVS has played his whole career with an elite quarterback and he didn't have as much target competition in Green Bay and he still wasn't able to really become a thing there. So I'll go with Sky Moore, who in the draft, I was really hoping this is where he landed to. I think he's a really good fit for Mahomes and the Kansas City Chief. He could help. No one can replace Tyreek Hill, but this guy will make it a little bit easier. Uh, I've been saying I think he's going to be this year's Amon Ross St. Brown, start off slow and then really be fantasy relevant down the stretch. But Miko Hardman got hurt in camp today, and if that is serious, that opens up an early season path for Sky Moore as well. You mentioned the Hardman injury. He left with what is originally being called a groin injury, so that's something definitely to keep an eye on. It was a, a toss-up for me looking at this one. I'm going to lean toward MVS. And everything you said about him in Green Bay is 100% true, right? We, we tried to make him a thing after Devontae Adams. It never really happened, even with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football. But I do wonder how many targets are going to be left over in this offense once Travis Kelsey gets his, once Juju gets his. It's always been hard to find a large target share after that in Kansas City. And if they're going to be splitting these targets, I think I want the guy who has the ability to pick up yards in chunks. And for me, that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I do think you're going to see Sky Moore get a lot of targets. And maybe in the end, he has a slight more PPR value. I just don't think the yards are going to be there. So, uh, like I said, it was a coin flip for me. I'm going to go MVS. I will always lean back on the standard tired trope of, hey, man, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is better in best ball. So I think, uh, I think we've got that going for him there. Uh, the other big news out of camp this year in Kansas City has been everything around Isaiah Pacheco. And first off, uh, spelling his name has proven to be difficult. It is I-S-A-I-H, apparently. Uh, there have been multiple spellings. People are still trying to figure it out. But the one thing everybody can agree on is that the hype train has left the station for Isaiah Pacheco. The question is... Are you on that hype train? I am. And I'm also on the train that his name is hard to spell because I misspell it almost every time <laughs> I type it out. But I think right now, tickets for this hype train, Marcus, are still very affordable. It's not like this guy's going in like the sixth round or something like that and you're paying a premium price. I see him still going a lot of the times like 10th or later rounds. So for me, uh, it's definitely worth taking a shot on him in case all of this hype coming out of camp is for real. And if even if he's not the lead back, we know he could potentially be in a role that is fantasy relevant. Like Daryl Williams was a backup last year for this team. There was a lot of weeks where people were starting him. So I, I definitely think people should be keeping a close eye on Pacheco. 
I definitely think he is worth talking about in a backfield that really, for me, is sort of hard to figure out, right? We are a couple years removed from the insane Clyde Edwards-Alaire hype. He has definitely not lived up to those expectations his first few years in the National Football League. But they brought in Ronald Jones this offseason, and I really thought Rojo was going to be in a good spot there. But now here we are in mid-August. And we're talking about Rojo potentially being the odd man out because Pacheco is playing so well. But I do think when you talk about the tickets to the hype train being still affordable, I think it's also because for all the excitement about a running back in the Chiefs offense, I think we're all sort of reminded, too, that uh, he was, what, a seventh-round pick. And I also think there's there's you know, there's only so much in, the, in way of expectation that you can put on a guy who was taken that late in the draft. We talk about draft capital and what that means for a rookie's potential prospects. So I think there's hope, and I think because the price is right, I think, you know, People are taking a swing at him. I think if you see that ADP rise, and, and who knows, because of the hype, maybe it does. Uh, if you start seeing Pacheco get into the ninth round, the eighth round, something like that, I'm probably out on that. But uh, in the double-digit rounds, I, I definitely uh, am willing to kind of take that swing, especially if they decide to kind of go a different direction with with CEH and maybe give some uh, some targets to Pacheco. Yeah, could be could be kind of an interesting look. Um, that brings us to the thing we always do here on these previews. When it comes to the Chiefs, the first player drafted, uh, the sleeper, and the player to avoid. First player drafted, I think, should be Travis Kelsey. I'm no longer taking a tight end in round one, like I was saying to do last season, but he goes a lot in round two. I I prefer to get my tight end in like the third round if I reach up for one, but I still think Travis Kelsey should be the first Chiefs and the first tight end off the board this year. Sleeper, we've already spoke about Sky Moore and Pacheco. So I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here. I, I know a lot of people have soured on him, but this is his first offseason where he's fully healthy and having a normal offseason. Like his rookie year was was COVID, so there was no preseason. Then last year he was dealing with uh, some injuries and, and off the field stuff. So for me, I, I still think there's a little bit of reason to get excited for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he's cheaper than ever in drafts. Player to avoid, Marcus, this one might hurt a little bit but it's ronald jones like when he signed he was getting some hype potentially could he steal the job away from clyde edwards elaire now the talk is is he even going to make the roster uh pacheco has seemed to leapfrog him and really take that role away from him ronald jones adp has been falling in recent uh like the last couple of weeks but there's no way i would want him on my roster right now yeah um i would say with i'll go obviously the first pick is is travis kelsey um you know especially with tyreek hill not there anymore kelsey is going to occupy a huge target share so he's easily the first chief off the board uh, my sleeper uh you talk about clyde Edwards. i'm gonna actually go with jarek mckinnon who played well for them down the stretch last year and for all the hype about isaiah pacheco he is still a little bit down on the depth chart i i can see a role for mckinnon where they come in they throw him the football really one of his down Downsides has just been health, but if he can stay healthy, I think I think he catches the football effectively. We know he's got incredible speed and can be a game breaker. So uh, again, the the draft price is such that you are not putting out a lot of draft capital. The the risk is low versus what the potential reward is in an offense that still should be very dynamic uh, and and score a lot of points this year. And my player to avoid, I'm with you. As much as it hurts, it is Ronald Jones. I mean, we're talking about a guy who went from being it looked like on paper a great fit in this offense to a guy who might be looking for a job uh, in the very near future. Side note to that, though, I do think, you know, if Ronald Jones ends up as a free agent, I do think somebody's going to give him an opportunity somewhere. 
it'll be curious to see where because that's going to have uh, an impact on what his fantasy value can be. But as for now, with what's going on in Kansas City, uh, I think it's probably best to, to take a pass on Rojo and uh, and see what his future holds there. The 2021 season for the Las Vegas Raiders might be one of the more chaotic seasons in memory for a football team. They finished 10 and 7, made it to the playoffs, but that doesn't tell the full story. I mean, this was a team that went through incredible turmoil. Uh, John Gruden resigned at some point during the season. Henry Ruggs uh, was involved in a tragic uh, accident and he's no longer in the NFL because of that. Uh, There was just so many ups and downs with this team. They rallied late in the season to finally get into the playoffs. Uh, It was just an incredible year all the way around, both good and bad for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now they turn the page a very different looking team heading into 2022. But a quick look back at last season, their passing leader, Derek Carr, 4,804 yards, 23 touchdowns, 14 picks. He's the QB 13. Josh Jacobs, the leading rusher, 872 yards, nine rushing touchdowns. He finishes as the RB12. And the receiving leader, Hunter Renfro, 103 catches, 1,038 yards, nine receiving touchdowns. That made him the wide receiver 10. But back to Josh Jacobs. This is a guy who has never quite turned into the fantasy back we wanted or the guy that we thought he could be. Uh, He's never really been involved in the passing game and is generally underwhelmed. This year, Florio, people seem to be off the Josh Jacobs train. His ADP, definitely not very high uh, for a guy of his stature. Where are you comfortable taking him this year? Yeah, I'm one of the people who are lower on Josh Jacobs. I- I'm comfortable taking him in like the fifth round around there. Uh, the reason I'm lower on Josh Jacobs is last year he didn't even rush for 900 yards, but he finished as an RB1 because he caught a bunch of passes. But like you said, last year was such a weird year for them. They they missed so many of their pieces in the passing game that I think that was kind of – he was a benefactor of that. I-, I don't expect him to get anywhere near the amount of targets he had now that Devontae Adams and such are there. So – for me, and, and then there's concerns like he was playing in the Hall of Fame game. Like, what's going on? So uh, I, I'm definitely a little bit lower on Josh Jacobs than others. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he played quite a few snaps in the Hall of Fame game, which had everybody a little bit baffled, especially when uh, we knew Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Wall. Those guys weren't going to see anything close to any sort of action. But Josh Jacobs was out there. You know, you talk about him finishing as an RB1 because of the passes he caught. And he didn't really catch that many passes. And uh, you take that away, you take away any chance of him really, I, I don't know, like maybe he'll get some goal line work. But, you know, there's a guy named Zamir White who's getting a lot of buzz right now. Uh, who could be taking some opportunities away from him. So I would, I might be willing to kind of take that fourth round reach on him, but that would be it for Josh Jacobs this year. And, and it's, it's definitely disappointing and frustrating because I think when he was drafted, we had higher expectations for him. Um, so we'll see what happens, but he very much is uh, at best a low-end RB2, I think, right now, just based on kind of what this offense can be. You mentioned Devontae Adams is there. He's going to get plenty of opportunity. He's going to catch the football. And, uh, you know, what few targets that might have been there for Devontae Adams or uh, for uh, Josh Jacobs, I should say, rather, uh, probably going to go somewhere else. It's time for Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite. So order with Uber Eats today. All right, we know Devontae Adams is going to have a huge role in the Raiders' offense, but after that, who's eating? Is it going to be Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro? 
I think it's Darren Waller. Waller is is such a mismatch at that tight end position, especially now when you factor in. Like, there was times last year where teams were bracketing him, throwing two, three defenders his way. You're not going to be able to do that now with Devontae Adams there. In fact, he's going to get more one-on-one coverage than ever before, I think. And that is a scary, scary sight. So I'm still high on Darren Waller, but I'm pretty low on Hunter Renfro, who I think is a good NFL player, but I definitely think was uh, propped up last year because of circumstances. I definitely think Hunter Renfro doesn't get to 100 catches if uh, everybody is there and healthy all season long. Uh, He's one of those guys who... Uh, he's, I think, the new poster child for PPR. If you are one of those people who doesn't like full point PPR, it's me. I'm people. Uh, you know, Hunter Renfro is that guy who sort of drives you crazy. 103 catches for just over 1,000 yards. So I, I don't know that the same target share is going to be there for him this year. And if he's not catching the ball downfield, if he's not getting in the end zone, it's going to be hard for him to get back to being a top 10 receiver like he was last year. Darren Waller still does a lot. Uh, for this offense he can still get downfield he can still be a playmaker so i think he is the clear-cut number two option in the passing game there in las vegas after Devonte adams that was who's gonna eat presented by uber eats the official on-demand food delivery partner of the nfl even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call make the right call on delivery order with uber eats today all right so now that we've gotten through that uh here we go first player drafted uh, who is your sleeper and who's your player to avoid for the raiders First player drafted, Devontae Adams. I, I know he's still not with Green Bay, but he is still an elite receiver. Sleeper, I think Derek Carr. Like you, you said it earlier, Marcus, he finishes the QB 13 last year. That's about where he's getting drafted now. And he did that last year with just Hunter Renfro for some games. Now he's going to have Adams, Waller, Renfro, the running, a whole bunch more pieces. So I think he's being drafted at his floor, and it's because quarterback is so deep. But he's a really good quarterback you could take when you get a little bit later in your draft. Player to avoid. I don't really have much of Hunter Renfro at all this year because I just I, I think he's going to be bet more useful for the Raiders in real life than he will be for fantasy because he is someone who needs to rack up a lot of catches. He's not a field stretcher or anything like that. So I have a lot of volume concerns for him. So I haven't really targeted Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Devontae Adams, easily the first pick uh, off the board for the Raiders. Uh, you're talking probably late first round, early second round. I've seen a lot of Devontae Adams kind of uh, around the turn in a lot of drafts. So I think that's going to continue. Uh, for me, my sleeper, and this is maybe a deeper sleeper, and I, I mentioned him briefly, Zamir White is getting a lot of attention right now in that Raider offense. Uh, listed second on the depth chart there behind Josh Jacobs, but people love his catch, his pass-catching ability. Uh, I think that can help sort of keep him afloat and, uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see how much standalone value he may have. If he's catching the football, maybe it helps out a little bit. But certainly, uh, if Jacobs is hurt or if they decide they just sort of want to transition away from Josh Jacobs, I think Zamir White could be in line uh, for some opportunities. Uh, for me, the player to avoid, it's a toss-up. It's probably Hunter Renfro, although Josh Jacobs probably kind of slots in there too just because at the point where Josh Jacobs is coming off the board, there are some other guys, probably some wide receivers that I'm a lot more interested in. So I don't know that I have a lot of Josh Jacobs on rosters this year just because um, I just don't like what the production could be. And, and I feel like I can get better production, uh, even if it's at a wide receiver spot from somewhere else. So uh, he's a guy that I'm, I'm kind of staying away from here at this point. I, I got to ask you real quick, though. Darren Waller, I mean, this is a guy who has been a top five, still is a top five tight end. Uh, where, where in that top five, you know, with Kelsey and Pitts and Kittle and et cetera, where do you have Waller right now? I have him fourth. Um, I have it 
Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Waller, Kittle. Uh, but I will fully admit, I, I think after the big three, there's a little bit of a drop-off because there's more uncertainty there. And if you want to put Kittle ahead of Waller, I'm not going to argue that. That's that's kind of what I've got. I've, I've got the same. I've got the Andrews first, uh, Kelsey second, Pitts third, and then I go Kittle and Waller five. So he's he's still a top five tight end for me. Uh, I just have him there at five because, you know, look, man, you paid Devontae Adams a lot of money. <laughs> You're going to throw him the football is kind of the, uh, the way I look at it there. Uh, time for another break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about a team that, uh, well, Florian and I, they are literally our next door neighbors. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers talk. That's coming up next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running. 
sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. 
Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. The L.A. Chargers next up on our AFC West preview, the team that uh, everybody is looking for to take that big leap forward. Uh, they just missed the playoffs last year, finished at 9-8. and eight. All they needed was a tie in that last week with the Raiders, and the Raiders said, no, we're not, we're not going to cooperate. Uh, we're just going to go on and win it, and we're going to go to the playoffs, and we're going to leave the Chargers sitting at home. But uh, plenty of optimism uh, around the lightning bolts heading into 2022. But uh, in 21, Justin Herbert was your L.A. Charger passing leader, 5,014 yards, 38 touchdowns, 15 picks. He was your QB2 behind only Josh Allen. Your rushing leader, Austin Eckler, 911 yards, 12 rushing touchdowns. He was the RB2. Uh, that's, of course, because he caught a whole lot of passes there. So that's kind of what gets left off uh, in that little rushing analysis there. The receiving leader, yardage-wise, it was Mike Williams. 76 catches, 1,146 yards, and six receiving touchdowns, or rather, uh, nine receiving touchdowns. He was the wide receiver, 12. Keenan Allen was your receptions leader with 106. Uh, he finishes just eight yards behind Williams, but uh, just six touchdowns. But he was the wide receiver, 11. Can you make a case? that Mike Williams is the pass catcher that you should be targeting in this Chargers offense. I definitely could make that case because Keenan Allen's numbers, uh, his like metrics have been declining the last couple of years as well as he just ages. But I have Keenan Allen ranked just ahead of Mike Williams because I think he is safer. Uh, I think he's more of like the floor play. But I think Mike Williams has the, the more upside. He's the ceiling option here because like you said, he's the field stretcher. He's the one they're going to look for in the red zone. So while I think Allen is a little bit safer just because of, of who he is and, and his style of play, I certainly think Mike Williams is like the home run swing play. What Allen has going on his behalf is all the receptions, the targets, the receptions. I mean, you can pretty much pencil him in for 100 catches, 1,100 yards, and six to eight touchdowns. But uh, beyond that, I mean, anything else metrics-wise just seems to sort of tilt toward Mike Williams a little bit. I'll say this. I was in a, a standard mock, a non-PPR mock draft, and was surprised to see Keenan Allen go a round and a half, almost two full rounds ahead of Mike Williams. In a PPR draft, I completely understand that. In a non-PPR draft, I was surprised that there was so much separation between those two guys. So, um, and their ADPs being what they are, uh, you know, for folks who want to just wait a little bit, try to get that value and get production that could be similar. These guys finished back to back in terms of fantasy scoring last year, and you can wait another round or two to get Mike Williams in draft. So maybe he is the guy uh, that you are sort of keeping an eye on. Should be interesting, though. Should be another big year. We want as much of this Chargers passing game as we can get, and Mike Williams very much uh, kind of had that breakout season that we had been waiting for. Uh, so earlier in the show, we talked about Isaiah Pacheco in Kansas City. I got another Isaiah that is generating a lot of buzz right now, and that is Isaiah Spiller as the backup potentially to Austin Eckler, although recent headlines say that maybe that's not the case. But Isaiah Spiller still getting drafted a lot late uh, in a lot of fantasy drafts. So I asked if you were on the Isaiah Pacheco hype train. I'm going to ask, have you bought a ticket for the Isaiah Spiller hype train? I, I mean, get the arms pumping, Marcus. I am on this hype train again. Isaiah Spiller was a running back that, it, for me, in this year's NFL draft, I thought he was the third best running back after uh, Ken Walker and Brees Hall. But 
he fell a little bit. I think the Chargers was a great landing spot for him because last year we saw the Chargers backup running backs get like 150 touches. Every year they're searching for a number two running back since Melvin Gordon left. It was Josh Kelly, Larry Roundtree, Justin Jackson. Nothing stuck. I think Isaiah Spiller is better than all of those guys. I, I think he could have some weekly standalone value as Eckler's backup, but knock on wood, I hope not. You know I love Eckler. If anything happens to him, Isaiah Spiller becomes an automatic RB2 with more upside. So the recent reports are, and this is within the last day or so, is that at least in camp, Joshua Kelly seems to be separating himself from Isaiah Spiller as the potential backup to Austin Eckler. That's a little bit worrisome if you're spending capital on Spiller. I know I still see him going in the double-digit rounds. He, you know, no one's expecting him to have a ton of standalone value, but people are sort of using him as a way to hedge against any sort of Austin Eckler concerns. What I will say, though, is if these reports are true about Kelly – uh, really taking over in that as the number two in that backfield, that almost makes me feel more confident about Austin Eckler because you know you mentioned the the laundry list of running backs who have been slated to be the number two there who really never gained any traction behind Eckler. Joshua Kelly was in that list, and if he's the guy who's the number two right now, uh, you know any any thoughts of reducing Austin Eckler's workload? seems to kind of go out the window because why would the Chargers turn around and give a whole bunch of touches to a back who really wasn't able to perform? Uh, so I say that, that, you know, this is a roundabout way of saying uh, any Joshua Kelly rumors make Austin Eckler, I think, a bit of a stronger early round selection for me. Um, but I think going back to the fact that, as I like to say, we always like the shiny new things. Isaiah Spiller is that. So um, I still endorse you taking that dart throw at him late in the draft just because... Uh, you know, we know what the Josh Kelly movie looks like. We know how it ends. Uh, let's see if maybe Spiller can be something uh, a little bit different here for the Chargers this year. Uh, all right. Same question as always, though. First Charger off the board, who's a sleeper and who's the guy you're staying away from? Uh, first Charger off the board, Austin Eckler. He should be a top five pick this year automatically, I think. Uh, sleeper. Gerald Everett. Look, I, maybe it's me. I can't quit Gerald Everett. I, I see him play. I see him make these flashes that he shows us. And I'm like, this guy's good. He's athletic. They need to get him the ball more. And we saw Jared Cook be fantasy relevant with the Chargers last year. I, I think Gerald Everett could even uh, surpass that. Player to avoid. This might be cheating, Marcus. This is the one team in the league. I don't think there's a single player I would avoid. Like, I'm in on Herbert. I'm in on Eckler, Spiller. I'm in on the receivers, even like Palmer in the later rounds, Gerald Everett. It's a cop-out, but I'm totally on board with everyone on this Chargers team. And they're my pick to win this division and go to the AFC Championship game. So obviously Austin Eckler is the the first pick off the board. I mean, we're talking about him possibly being drafted in the top three uh, in a lot of situations. So it's, it's going to be hard to beat that. Uh, my sleeper, you, you sort of mentioned him there briefly, is Josh Palmer. Um, I, I was frustrated over the weekend uh, at the Kings Classic because uh, I missed out on him a couple of times when I had him sort of on my radar. But uh, I have not been... Uh, shy about my love for Van Jefferson with the Rams. And I think Josh Palmer can sort of be that with the Chargers. Um, you know, not a guy that is going to be huge on a week to week basis, but is going to have his moments during the season can be a nice flex play, especially uh, if you're in deeper leagues there. I just, like I said, we, we want as many parts of the Chargers offense uh, as we can possibly get. And Josh Palmer, I think is going to have a nice little piece of it. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to follow your cop out though and say, Really, I think, you know, the, the Chiefs to or the, the Chargers to avoid 
are the guys that, that you know we don't really know their names the guys that that are going to be well down the depth chart so i mean yeah you're, you're not you know i don't know you're not drafting donald parham right you're not you're not drafting uh a guy like jalen guyton or somebody like that so um you know all of the principles in this offense you know allen and williams and eckler and and you know uh, palmer herbert all of those guys you're all drafting them and it's just about finding the right spot um if, if you're not drafting a charger because that guy's probably not getting on the field a whole lot so um <laughs> i think i think that's probably a fair way to talk about it. and it's going to be interesting that the, the uh, we still have one more team to talk about but this division is going to be just a slug fest uh, on a weekly basis by the way and, and i don't remember who it was but somebody you know brought up the point too we want we want players on teams that are going to score a lot of points and with the offenses in this division um you're going to have to score a lot of points on a week-to-week basis to win so i think that makes a lot of guys in the afc west really really valuable fantasy options uh in 2022 all right maybe one of the more intriguing fantasy related squads for this year is the denver broncos uh let's go back and look at them last year first seven and ten missed the playoffs in 2021 their passing leader was teddy bridgewater just over 3,000 yards 18 touchdowns seven interceptions qb 23 melvin gordon was the rushing leader 918 yards uh, on the ground eight rushing touchdowns he was the rb 21 the receiving leader was Cortland sutton 107 catches 776 yards a couple of receiving touchdowns wide receiver 44. obviously change is afoot uh, in Denver, the most notable change being that uh, Russell Wilson is now the starting quarterback. Drew Locke was shipped off to Seattle as part of that deal there. Um, yeah, a lot of things that have people excited about this offense. The one thing that has vexed me this entire offseason, and we've talked about this before, but I feel like we have to keep bringing it up because it still sort of confuses me. Javante Williams still has a pretty high second round ADP. Made sense to me when Melvin Gordon was potentially a free agent and maybe moving on. Doesn't make sense to me now. I need Florio for you to help me understand why it is that his ADP has not taken the fall that I thought it would. I'm with you. I thought it, it should have gone down. Uh, I think it's just the upside. Like I, I still think if anything happens to Melvin Gordon, that Javante Williams has the upside of being the best running back in fantasy football. And I think a lot of the times people just get enamored with upside and they're like, hey, it might stink early on, but if it if it hits, I'm going to be in a great spot. So that's the only real reason I could think of. I know people love you know his, his ability to force missed tackles and broken tackles, and that is really, really great. Um, I, I think the best case scenario you can hope for this year is a 60-40 split in that backfield. I don't even know that you get that. Last year, it was pretty even between the two of them uh i think williams had a slight edge in snap share when i say slight edge i mean like 51 49 um i i just i don't see the workload being enough to justify where you're taking javante williams especially when you've got say a guy like aaron jones still on the board saquon barkley who we talked about uh, earlier in this show I, I even maybe even Ezekiel elliott uh, i just i don't know that the adp fits with what i think his role is going to be this year so this this has been one of the biggest head scratchers to me all off season long it's why i i, I think i bring this up and hammer it at every point every time uh, i see javante williams's name pop up here i i raise my hand sheepishly and say can we talk about javante williams adp like that's i'm sure i've made people sick to death about it but uh i don't know i just i need an answer to this mystery i don't know um 
Mention Russell Wilson now in town. Uh, he has brought with him a whole lot of optimism. He's also brought this whole like Broncos country, let's ride uh, thing with him, which I, I don't know how I feel about it. it. It It's almost become a parody of itself now, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, what does have me excited though, is what this means for a guy like Cortland Sutton. I look at this as you're taking the guy who was the deep threat, the downfield field stretcher for the Broncos, and you were pairing him with the guy who throws one of the best deep balls in the NFL. Um, I'm, I'm sort of setting you up to make me feel really happy and special about this. But for you, what is Cortland Sutton's ceiling this year? I think his ceiling is being, I, I think, like a high-end wide receiver, too. Uh, others will say being like a smash wide receiver, one. I, I The Cortland Sutton, the people who are in on Cortland Sutton point to that 2019 season and ignore everything else that's happened since then. Um, I, I, I think he is high upside, but I'm, like, sitting here like, all right, if you're going to give me a discount on Jerry Judy, uh, I'm going to keep gobbling up Jerry Judy. I, look, I, I... I don't know if I'm flashing back to that 2019 season for Cortland Sutton. I just think the one thing that was holding this offense back was quarterback play. And it, we wanted Sutton to be great. We wanted Judy to be great. And just with the inconsistency of Drew Locke, with Teddy Bridgewater sort of being Teddy Bridgewater, it sort of held this offense back a little bit. So I, I'm just excited about what this potentially could mean uh, for Cortland Sutton, again, I think he's a guy who can pick up yardage in chunks. I think he's going to get uh, plenty of targets. And look, if you believe the reports that right now, whenever things break down, whenever Russell Wilson has to move off the spot, they say he's looking in Cortland Sutton's direction. So uh, as I am reading the preseason tea leaves and maybe, uh, you know, allowing my my priors and my my inherent biases to kind of cloud my judgment here, um, I am. I'm looking at Cortland Sutton. I don't think he's a smash wide receiver one, by the way. I think he's a fringe wide receiver one. Um, I think that's that's sort of his ceiling there. I think you're talking, you know, 10, 11, 12, somewhere like that. But man, I'm fine with that because I'm drafting him as a second wide receiver most of the time anyway. So if I can get that wide receiver one upside there, uh, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, all right. Um, first player drafted, sleeper, player to avoid in Denver. First player drafted, um, it's it has been Javante Williams. I, I still think it should be him, but I think it should be lower cost than what it is. Um, sleeper KJ Hamler because Tim Patrick last year was really good in that third wide receiver role for the Broncos, and then he has a season-ending injury now in training camp. So uh, KJ Hamler, someone who could take the top off the defense, I, I think he is a sleeper to keep an eye on here. Player to avoid, it's one we spoke about a lot, Marcus. I just have not been drafting Javante Williams at ADP. As much as I love him and his talent, as great as I think he is and as excited as I was for him at the end of last season, they brought back Melvin Gordon. So I, I continue to let other people draft Javante Williams, but getting Melvin Gordon in like the eighth round, something like that, I've taken him in a couple of drafts. Well, we are we are aligned in our first player drafted and our player to avoid because Javante should be the first player off the board, just not where people are taking him. And I'm staying away from him because of where people are taking him, and I'm just not comfortable uh, doing that. For me, my sleeper, though, I have been on the Albert Okuye-Bunam train all offseason long. I think Albert O really has a chance to, to step up and play well this year. Uh, I keep saying there's a reason we kept trying to make Will Disley a thing in Seattle for all those years that Russell Wilson was getting him the football, especially down near the goal line. The only real concern that I have with Albert O is that he was not drafted by this current regime 
And there are reports that they do really like Greg Dulcich, the uh, the rookie out of UCLA. But I just think uh, Albert O is incredibly athletic. Uh, I think if they can get him in space, give him the football, let him go out and make plays, uh, I think he has a really big season ahead of him. And, uh, again, I'm not drafting him as my first tight end. I'm drafting him sort of as a depth ad, a guy who could potentially flash. Uh, the the ADP is still very much in the double digits. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely a fan of Albert O uh, this season and hoping – Look, man, I mean, we talk about this all the time, Florian, with tight ends. Like, you could kind of, you could take a whole bunch, a handful of names, throw them up in the air, and they'll come down in any order. Um, but I just feel like the, the draft price is right on Albert O. I feel good about this one. I'm with you. We know Russell Wilson loves targeting his tight ends, especially in the red zone. So sign me up. Uh, all right. So. That is our look at the AFC West. Uh, this is arguably going to be the most entertaining division in football on a week-to-week -week basis. Can't wait for it. Um, and uh, I think you're going to see a lot of fantasy production come out of this division. All right, so we are on the doorstep of week two of the preseason. Let's talk about some guys that we're excited to watch. Florio, who are you keeping an eye on? For me, it's Kyle Pitts. And I know people watching or, or listening might be like, why Kyle Pitts? Why do we want to see this guy do anything in the preseason? Well, last year, last week, it was just a couple of drives, but I saw way too much blocking out of Kyle Pitts, a, a player that I am investing a third round pick in in a lot of drafts. There was even a play where he was the blocking tight end and Anthony Ferkser was running routes. I mean, what are we doing here? I need to see that flip. So Kyle Pitts, come on, show us something this week. So for me, maybe excited isn't the right word, but definitely curious. And that would be Antonio Gibson. And Gibson fumbled uh, in that game for the Commanders last week. And then we didn't see much of him until he came back out and was running with the twos. And Taylor Heineke, as Brian Robinson started to get a whole lot of work. Then reports come out earlier this week that they've got Antonio Gibson working with the punt team. Everything seems to be going in the wrong direction for Gibson. So I just want to see if he can work his way back in the good graces, get himself back toward the top. It's going to be a muddled running back situation in Washington, regardless of what happens. But man, I feel a whole lot better if I'm spending a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick on Gibson to know that he's the RB1 and not sort of an also ran who's apparently going to also be a special teamer. Don't really love that. Uh, Florio, who else has your eye this week? The, the Kenny Pickett-George Pickens combo. Like, George Pickens stole all the headlines last week, and, and he's a wide receiver I was excited about since the draft. So I want to see if he can uh, once again do, put up another good performance and really get take a stranglehold on, on that starting job there. Kenny Pickett, though, I, I think he's going to make the most starts for Pittsburgh this, week, uh, this season. And last week, watching him play, he was accurate. He had great ball placement. He was mobile. Like, he did everything right. Now I want to see him do it against a little bit better competition. He was playing against the threes. Let's see him move up a little bit. There's no reason he should be playing behind Mason Rudolph. Let's make that happen this week. Yeah, I think I think that's starting to flip. I, I don't know that he's going to be behind Mason Rudolph. Maybe this was just something they said to try to light a fire under Kenny Pickett. Appears to have worked. Um, for me, the other guy that I do really want to watch again this week is Damian Pierce. And I have been sort of on board with this all offseason long. I loved him originally because of the potential opportunity that he had there in Houston. Then he went out and took that opportunity and played really well. Uh, really opened some eyes with what he did. There's been talk that he has been easily the best running back in Texans training camp. There's some concern that the offense may not be great. And that could limit his opportunity. But the fact that he looks like he's going to be the RB1 there really is exciting. Exciting, and I want to see him maybe see if he can back up that performance uh, coming up this week in the preseason. So it should be interesting. whole bunch of football to be watched. And I guess, if anything, this is maybe sort of the dress rehearsal, right? What used to be the third preseason game is now the second preseason game. 
So maybe we'll see some of these starters uh, actually get some some decent snaps this week. Going to be something to absolutely keep an eye on. And uh, we'll probably dive into it uh, again next week. We'll also have our uh, division previews continuing. We'll, uh, we'll get to the NFC East uh, starting on Monday. In the meantime, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. Take care of yourself and the folks around you. Enjoy some football this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.